Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic, blessed day today. As always, staying healthy and strong and continuing to get the truth out there like we do on this show every single day. If you guys need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. Thank you again for your continued support, your emails, your Order comments. I love reading those all the time. We're going through and looking at spreadsheets. I see all the order comments and see everybody's names and just the positive feedback we keep getting. I really do appreciate that. And if you guys need anything, be sure to check out the product of the week, the one and only D31000K2, one of the best formulas on the market, one of the strongest formulas on the market. It's absolutely crucial for overall health. We've talked about it all week, and it's massive role for the immune system and being able to function properly and giving the body the nutrients it needs to fight off any type of virus or any other problems that the body may be having. So be sure to check that out on sale for over 20% off. That'll be ending today, or excuse me, tomorrow for product of the week, and then whichever you voted for, it will win later on tomorrow. So be sure to check it out, healthmasters.com. Be sure to vote or take advantage of the D3-10,000. The first thing that comes that into that would keep your immune system strong. This is ironic. I, I read into this and I really kind of started to figure out and have an idea on where this is starting to play a, uh, a role and how they're going to expand this. So this news just came out this week that the CDC is going to start in, expanding its infectious disease surveillance program beyond COVID-19 now. Now, what's interesting about this, if you guys remember, this is all during COVID, the CDC had traveler-based genomic surveillance program, which tested volunteers for basically COVID. That was the whole, you got to get your nasal swab for you fly, nasal swab for you fly. That was all the CDC, and that was their whole surveillance program that they put together. Well, now they have stated that they will be testing for influenza, RSV, and SARS-CoV-2. I said part of the agency's traveler-based genomic surveillance program implemented by biotech companies, Ginkgo, Bioworks, and Express Check, will now last several months as far as this new expanded pilot program they're rolling out now. And before, they said they used it to detect new variants and basically used it to test different aspects of it to make sure people weren't positive for COVID. Now they're expanding it to provide aircraft testing and wastewater sampling of the airplanes as well. So according to the CDC, it's a model of pathogenic detection that can be used as an early warning sign for pathogens beyond SARS-CoV-2. They said they're going to act on early warning systems to detect new and rare variants along with RSV and influenza. So they'll be going in now and testing the wastewater that's essentially in the planes and other aspects of these planes to see if they can find on any genomic-specific uh, you know, pathogens that are basically starting to mutate. Now, this expansion, which is interesting about this, as I said earlier, well, it'll be voluntary for everybody that wants to get swabbed. I guess people just go still voluntary go along with this. But here's the irony and the whole reason why I'm bringing this up, because we already knew, remember I told you guys this before, COVID was the, the main beta test to implement a lot of different programs that they wanted to put into place, including the track and tracing program that got updated on everybody's Apple phone and Android phone. I mean, literally updated. You can turn it off. It's voluntary, but I don't. I still think they monitor stuff. They also did the COVID program where you had to go in and have your COVID vaccine passport in order to do things. Remember all that? It's first time in history that you ever actually had to have a passport for a experimental vaccine in order to get into a restaurant or go and do certain activities. Then they had the mandatory nose swabbing to get on the plane. All the stupid stuff. That was all brand new stuff that had never been implemented that people went along with simply because of SARS-CoVid. 
Now, here's where I'm getting at. The interesting part about how they're expanding this now is the fact that the new updated COVID shot just came out three weeks ago, along with the RSV shot that they're recommending for pregnant women and everybody, along with the new influenza shot. They're all recommending everybody get all three of these. I talked about this in detail two months ago when they were rolling it out. Isn't it ironic now they're going to start testing for all three of those things now as far as in airports, almost like they're going to try to figure out how to continue to keep manufacturing more and more and more theater about viruses and mutations. Because here's the fact of the matter is this. We've seen this now already with the SARS COVID-2 and the COVID-19 shot. People get the shot. They start shedding. People got the shot, and they started testing positive for COVID over and over and over and over again. I watched it. I heard about it. I had people call me and tell me. They were so frustrated. All of a sudden, they get the shot. They're testing positive for COVID. For a month and two months later, month after that, they're testing positive again. They don't know what to do. Now we're going to start injecting an RSV shot in everyone and an influenza shot in everyone, which means what's going to happen when they get tested now, probably not too soon after the shot. They're more than likely going to test positive for this or they're going to show remnants of this virus or shedding in their system, which, again, is now going to allow the CDC to come in and say, oh, we've got more cases, more cases again. We need to come up with more vaccines. We need more control platforms. We need to make sure everybody follows the rules and test everywhere they go. It's all about compliance. That's what the entire thing was about from the very beginning. They wanted to get people used to and basically consenting to the fact that you were giving up your freedoms and you're giving up your privacy to simply travel because, well, it was for the greater good and they told you to do so. So, again, this is something very interesting to see the CDC doing. Not surprising whatsoever, but, again, this kind of shows you where they're wanting to go with this and how they're planning on trying to expand it way beyond whatever it was intended to be expanded for during covid which is exactly what they like doing. Also, to another health news, I'm really proud of the Italians on this. This is actually really good news. I'm glad somebody's standing up for this. Italy will now be the first European nation in the country to ban all fake meat from the country, citing serious health concerns. This is I, mean, I, I got to give the Italians a standing applause for this. This is just exceptional. They said numerous recent studies show that lab-grown synthetic meat of any kind being promoted by numerous individuals could be triggering forms of turbo cancer. In contrast, in a recent decision we've seen now here in the United States to approve synthetic meat here in the United States, Italy is now taking the opposite approach by banning it outright before it has a chance to harm the Italian people. They said Italy's the first nation to say no to synthetic food, to so-called synthetic meat, announced Health Prime Minister Orzeo Shalaki. I'm sure I butchered that. I apologize. He said it does. I do so with formal and official act. The, revo the resolution calls for commitment to ban the production, marketing, and importation of any synthetic foods or meats within our territory. Italy's new regulation against synthetic meat aims to protect the general population against any situation in which the environmental public health could be at risk. And when there is uncertainty regarding the effects of certain products that are being or will be introduced to the market or consumed, he said it is crucial to have measures in place to address the potential risks and ensure the safety of the environmental and public health in such cases in Italy. I, I don't even know what to say about these guys. I'm just, I'm just so beyond impressed. And meanwhile, in the United States, we've got multiple manufacturing facilities, one of which being built in North Carolina that's owned by Israeli fake meat manufacturing company that's building lab-grown meat. As we speak right now at this very moment, they're manufacturing it, telling everyone it's safe and effective for everybody to eat, and you need to eat it, even though it's literally being grown like a cancer tumor in a vat from cell tissue. You can't even make this stuff up. 
And by the way, it's had zero human testing, zero clinical trials, zero long-term research on the effects that it's going to do to humans. And of course, the USDA has already come in and said, oh yeah, this stuff seems safe and effective. It's uh, good, good to go. You know, roll it out, manufacture it, and people can just start eating the synthetic meat here in the United States. There's a reason why they don't want to do any long-term studies on to see what it's going to do. There's a reason why they're rolling it out as fast as they can just like they did the COVID shot. And there's a reason why Italy is saying, absolutely not. This stuff is not coming in our country. I've been to Italy before. The Italians have some of the best food in the entire world. Incredible. They don't want this stuff in their country for a very, very specific reason. Newsflash. Nobody else wants it in their country either. It's being forced upon everybody and told everybody they need to have it. And it's about time that some of our regulators and some of our Congress and Senate start addressing this because it's ironic to me that nobody in the health department in the United States – I guess it shows you how compromised they are, Dad. The fact that nobody's brought this up in the U.S. while we've got multiple manufacturing facilities being put into place that essentially – Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to eat, and yet we're being told it's safe and healthy for us. While we now have other countries outright banning it because they don't want it because it's not safe. <laughs> what do you think? Well, it's part of the eugenics protocol. Often, it's, it's part of changing our DNA. They want to basically put this in a situation in which we're eating foods that they can genetically manufacture in a laboratory that's going to change our DNA. It'll probably be loaded with mRNA, and, and they want to come in and basically start doing, you know changing us they want to be you know it's epigenetics they, they know that they can start changing the generations this is all genesis 6 again you know which they came in and they basically made everybody evil all of the time and that's what they want they don't want human beings in god's image you know we talked about this in depth of angel wars they want human beings that are basically in lucifer's image they want transgenders they want weirdos they want babies that have been raised in incubators and babies that have been raised in chambers and dna that's been completely and totally altered Remember, they can't create life they don't have the ability to put the spark of life into anything. They can't do that. Only God can do that, but they can take what God did and pervert it. And they do that on purpose because they know that we're created in God's image. Our DNA is a Tesla stand-up, you know, a Tesla coil that, that, that flexes in and out of another dimension, which allows us to have an interaction with the Holy Spirit with God. And they don't like that. They don't have the ability to do that. They have no creative ability whatsoever. They can only do what they're told by Lucifer, and they can only alter things. They can only change things. They can't make life, and so they want to bring us this food that's laboratory-grown in one of their chambers. This is all off-world technology, guys. That's all this stuff is. You take a cell culture that's basically cancerous in a, in a tumor, and you, you it's, out of a, it's, out of a, it's out of a cow with a cancer tumor. And you put it into a petri dish, and you make it start dividing cancerous meat cells, and then you basically feed it to humans. I mean, I mean, this is some sick stuff. I applaud the Italians. You know, the Italians are saying, "Hey, we don't want this stuff here." And guys, nobody wants this stuff. But remember, it's all part of this protocol from the Kabbalists. Remember, they don't think you're human beings. They, they don't see you as a human. They see you as an animal. They see you as something to be basically harvested, and perhaps they like to eat you more if they do things to you that make you more tenderized. I don't know. Maybe they're just going to change your energy field to make you more absorbable from them. I don't know what they're planning on doing. These things are weird. They're, they're, this, remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against these things, these principalities and these other dimensions, according to what the Bible says. And we know the other dimension is very, very real. Heck, the government's now telling us that we've got UFOs everywhere. They've already, they've already disclosed that. We've already had a soft disclosure on that. They've already admitted that repeatedly now in every mainstream press there is. And so we know this stuff's out there. We know what it's doing. We just don't know why it's doing what it's doing if you're not up to the 
how should I say, up to the reading of the scripture. And, you know, and see, the thing about it is the Bible is an ancient document. It's thousands of years old. The Old Testament is thousands of years old. And it goes way, 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 way back to the beginning with Moses, who wrote the, you know, the Pentateuch, the five first books of Levitical law. You know, and that's why it's so detailed in different areas about things that happen in specific historical time periods. And what we need to understand is that it's like a it's like a snapshot back into history. Genesis six, the Nephilim were there in those days, the sons of the fallen. They were there. The benign Nephilim, you know, the prodigy of Lucifer, the watchers that came to this planet. And they infiltrated human beings and started having sex with the women because they found them desirable and created giants and Nephilim in those days until the entire genome, after thousands of years of them doing this, was corrupted. And every thought of every man was evil all of the time. And they were there before and after the flood, it says. But guess what? We're after the flood still and it's you know, thousands of years later again, and they're doing it again. So this doesn't, shouldn't surprise anybody that they're trying to feed us synthetic food. Plus, it's going to make you sicker. And, and on top of everything else, this is this is thing is mind-boggling to me. You know, they already own the planet. They already own the planet. The Rothschild banking cartels and the international banks through their central banks and through the enslavement of debt, through Babylonian money magic, they already own the planet, period. You know, we're, we're, we're prison planet Earth and debt planet Earth, right? But it's not enough. It's not enough. It's, it's not the love of money anymore that's the root of all evil with these guys, though that is a true statement. It's the love of greed and avarice. It's the, it's the love of control and basically forcing people to do things they don't want to do, including eating insects and stuff like that. It's, it's just mind-boggling to me that they're this perverted and they want to have this much power and authority over us. I think they get off on it from a, from a how should you say, metaphorical standpoint because they really enjoy it. They, it's to them it's something that they really say, wow, this is really great that we can actually do this to these humans, and they're so stupid they're going to listen. Yeah, I guess I did say that one, didn't I? And I'm not talking about, you know, you guys, you guys are brilliant. And, you know, the people that are awake on this planet are brilliant. And we're standing against this this onslaught, this this avalanche of this. But but the truth is that, you know, we're in a situation that the vast majority of the people in this country and, and vast majority of people on the planet have been drugged into a stupor or have been brainwashed into a stupor by the mainstream media. And they want to believe the lie. The Bible says that light is coming to the world, but the world has preferred the darkness. It's, it's not because they really wanted the darkness. It's just they were told the darkness was better, and they were lied to when they were in a theta brainwave state as a young child. They said, okay, this is better, this is better, this is better, which is what the transgenders are doing to these five-year-olds. And so they start to believe the lie, and they incorporate that lie, and they teach that same lie to their children. There's the problem. Yesterday, you know, my grandkids were having this big luncheon with their homeschool group. I couldn't believe it. There were hundreds of people there. I mean hundreds with extended families and everything else. I mean it was a huge meeting. And I thought to myself, wow, it's like being in a regular school system right now with as many people showed up. And I thought, this is good. It is good. And there's a waiting list of people trying to get in. And now they're being very selective with the people that are coming into this homeschool group because they don't want to contaminate the core. And it's amazing to me that this little group went from like you know a few people to hundreds of people within a couple of years. I mean it was fast. Because people don't want the indoctrination anymore of the school systems. And there are multiple people there that I've known for decades. I mean decades, some of them for 30, 40 years. And I thought to myself, wow. So it's like, you know, like a family reunion, like a big party or whatever. I mean, it was it was wonderful. And everybody was so nice. Everybody was so respectful. Everybody was it's just it was just a really nice, you know, hour for us to spend yesterday afternoon with the grandkids. And the and the and the quality of the kids that they were with. I mean, when Austin was homeschooled. 
oh my gosh, you know, 30 years ago, you know, we had a hard time just even getting homeschool groups or being with other kids. And we had to really work at it. And it was nothing like it is now. This is really nice. And of course, they should have had security there, but I didn't see any there yesterday, but they should have had security there yesterday because there's so many people there now. Of course, I can pretty much guarantee you half the people in there, especially the guys, would have been armed because it is Polk County. Absolutely. I was armed also with arms. That's, you know, a bunch of, there's two of us right there. And, and, and plus a lot of people, you know, realize that the importance of self-defense, you know, in a world that has gone crazy. It really has. By the way, a Florida pastor, and I'm going I'm to bring this up. Uh, Van Green, my workout partner, former NFL great with the Cleveland Browns and Buffalo. You guys can look him up if you'd like. He, uh, I see him six days a week. He has a good friend of his who's a full Florida pastor at an AME school and church in Orlando. And this Florida pastor has been accused of using a belt to hit fourth grade students at a private religious school. This made the Daily Mail. This is international news. Parents at a religious school in Florida are calling for changes to be brought against a pastor after allegations that he used a belt to whip fourth grade kids. Pastor Terrence Gray, friend of Van Green's, is accused of entering a classroom at the Alpha Learning Academy affiliated with the St. Mark AME Church in Orlando, and he allegedly demanded to know which children had misbehaved with a teacher outing those who need to be punished. Parents of the private religious school are demanding criminal charges be brought against the pastor following allegations he took off his belt to whip at least eight children in a fourth grade classroom. Pastor Terrence Gray is alleged to have entered the class of nine and ten year olds at a St. Mark's elementary school and basically uh, wondered who's bad. The pastor said to have walked to the class asking for the children to stand up to admit the bad behavior. The teacher's in out of the misbehaving children. <laughs> after that, this, is, this is funny to me. I'm sorry. And then after the children lined up, Pastor Gray took off the belt he was wearing around his pants and individually administered three lashes to each of the pupils, leaving some with bruises on their upper legs, which I don't believe. He said he was going to whoop us with the belt because we were being bad. Shane Walker, a student at the school for seven years, told WFTV. <laughs> I'm sorry. Although Gray is the pastor of the church associated with the school, parents say he is not supposed to be involved in day-to-day operations of the educational establishment. Jashina Martin, Walker's mother, was upset of learning of the cruel and unusual punishment. This makes me very emotional. I don't send my child to school to be abused by anyone. Uh, the pastor should have been arrested last night. Martin has since pulled Walker from the school, noting how such incidents had never occurred before. The pastor is said to have walked into the class asking the children to stand up and admit. She pointed out she had never given consent for any physical punishment to be administered despite the school saying her child's volunteered for them to be whipped. They were hysterically crying and calling parents, another parent told WESH. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Kudos to this guy as far as I'm concerned. I can't tell you how many spankings I got in school. And it wasn't with a belt. It was with a redwood paddle that lit me up like a Christmas tree. And – the irony of this is, this is the irony with this with me. My mom wanted me to get spanked. She called the principals up and said, did they do anything wrong? Put the, put, put the redwood to them. And I was so mad about that when I found out she'd actually given them permission to go in and do all of this stuff. And I remember I used to always, you know, I remember one time I was in fourth grade. And it was Miss Stevenson. And I was, I was, I was, guess, I guess I was being a brat, I guess. Because I was always, you know, talking all the time, surprise, surprise, right? And I remember I was a year younger than everybody else because they put me in a year early. A year, they, they put me in a year, a year ahead because my, my IQ test is so high. And what was so funny is that uh, you should never do that with a boy, by the way. You do that with a girl and get away with it, but not with a boy because of physical maturation. But that's another sidebar story. But the reality is I'm in this fourth grade class. And Miss Stevenson, there were two fourth grade classes. She sends me next door to get the paddle from the other teacher. They had to show the same paddle. So I had to march into the other room in front of like 40 kids. 
and get the paddle and walk back out. And she proceeded to light me up in the, in the in outside in the hallway. And it was at Caldwell Elementary. I'll never forget that. And it made an impact on me. Now, what it did do, some of the stuff that I was doing stopped immediately. And, uh, you know, it was like one time I was – they were playing with matches, and I thought they were going to burn the school down. I said something to her. She didn't like the fact that I, quote, tattled on them. So after she spanked me, I looked at her, and I said, by the way, they can burn the school down next time, and I won't say a word. <laughs> That's what I have. I'm, fourth, I'm in fourth grade talking to her like that after she lit me up. And, of course, it was always, you know, in study hall or something, and I'm talking to some pretty girl next to me or whatever, and I get taken out back and lit up for that. It was always basically for that. It was always for, you know, for behavioral problems that they thought were behavioral problems. And here I am, you know, decades later, earning a living and have earned a living my entire life by being a trained professional orator communicator on both radio, podcasts, and seminars. So I always get a kick out of all of that. Uh, it was funny, uh, funny enough that we had a sixth-grade teacher. She's a nice enough lady, and we're all – she's like 22 years old, just got out of college. Worst, absolute worst teacher I've ever had, like a year of absolutely no education whatsoever. But I'd stayed in touch with her all the way up into COVID. And I remember I sent her some articles on COVID and why she shouldn't be taking the vaccine. You know, By that time, she's all, you know, probably pushing 80 years old. And I remember she sent me this nasty email back and saying that, you know, that I was getting out, putting out disinformation, that the shots were good, and blah, 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 blah. I mean it was, it was scathing. And I, here I had known this lady for 50 years. You know, and I thought to myself, wow, she's really actually longer than that. And so here she is hammering me. And I thought, I thought to myself, man, she's a really hardcore liberal. I didn't realize how hardcore of a liberal she was. As I told her, I said, well, I'll tell you what, you know, I've known you for half a century, but you're going to talk to me like this. You know, I won't talk to you anymore. You don't have to worry about me sending you any more information. Have a good life. And that was it. But see, that's the problem when you forget to know people over a period of time and you don't really want to look at who they really are. But she was the worst teacher I've ever had, period. It's like I had zero math, zero English, zero anything for an entire year. She taught for one year and quit because she was such a failure as a teacher. But uh, I always stayed in touch with her because she was, I thought, pretty. She never got married. I don't know why I'm telling you guys this. This is a ridiculous story that you guys don't care about. But that's the point is that this teacher came in now, this this black AME you know, pastor, and put the belt to about eight of these kids. Now, here's the problem that you're going to have here with this thing. A lot of kids are being raised without a father figure, and without a father figure in the house, basically they're not going to understand what discipline is all about. And apparently they were misbehaving in the classroom, and he'd had enough of it or heard about it decided to go over there and take care of it himself and be their father. Now, should he have spanked these children? That's a question, isn't it? And if we had, a, if we had open lines today, I'd, I'd open up the phone and see what you guys think. Or should he have gotten permission from the parents first before he spanked the children? For in this litigious society we live in, he probably should have had that in writing for them first. You know, so I guess there's a there's a I guess there's a uh, a different school of thought on both of these things. Would I have wanted him to spank my child without permission? I don't think I would have wanted him to do that. But would I have given him permission? Yeah, I would have done that. So you guys have sent me some emails. Ask Doctor Ted B at Yahoo.com. <laughs> what do you, what do you what do you think? What do you think, Austin? Should he have taken these, these unbelievable brats that were acting like a bunch of fools in the classroom and put the belt to them without permission, or should he have asked the parents, or has he done something wrong, and should he be charged criminally? What do you think, Austin? I mean, my standpoint on it is, A, the, the kids probably needed a good butt whooping. Let's just be honest. They were probably acting like brats. They probably did need something. However, you're exactly right. We're in 2023 now, 
And you've got to be wise with decisions, especially when it comes to other people's children, because there's so many legal issues going on right now. There's so much going on with social media and platforms that can literally ruin your life within a few hours if something goes out viral like this, hence why this is on Daily Mail. And I absolutely think he should have used a little bit more discernment and contacted parents or maybe pulled the kids out of class, put them in detention, and then contacted the parents and gotten consent on this before he started basically belt whipping them. Like I said, not saying they probably didn't deserve it because I know I've deserved my fair share of them. But on the other hand, too, we're in a different time and age. We're not in the 50s and 60s anymore. We're in a time and age when a kid can pull out a phone and record this, and all of a sudden you've got felony charges now. Period. I mean, straight up. I mean, they, they, these could be felony child abuse charges if they really wanted to push this. And so he ha- he really needed to use a little bit more discernment than that. And uh, that's just that's my opinion on it. And the other aspect of it is now, too, is that the learning style – and I talked to you about this yesterday because I've been doing some more research on this. I was listening to a pastor the other day on this. The learning style that the children are being constantly pushed into the current common society now, the common public school system, is really quite antiquated, and it's geared more towards females than it is males as boys – around the age of four or five, start to get a little bit of testosterone. That's why they start getting really more, a little bit more aggressive. They start getting more active. They want to run around. This is why they have so much energy all the time. This is why boys always want to do everything, climbing up trees, jumping bicycles, digging holes, running around the house. They, they have this never-ending stream of energy. One of the contributing factors to that is testosterone because testosterone increases energy. And females at that age don't get as much as boys do as they're maturing for obvious reasons. And so what happens is boys are much more, in most cases, tactile learners. They want to be directly engaged in something. They want to be able to move. They want to be able to adapt. They want to be able to run around. They want to be able to be hands-on. They want to be able to have more of an open thinking process in most cases. Females are a little bit more focused. They can sit there and they can focus on writing. They can focus on reading. They can focus on drawing. Now, I'm not discounting the fact that boys obviously have to learn all these things. This is something you just disappear. And you can just say, oh, they don't need to learn how to read or write or do math. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is the school system does this one-all approach to all children of all personalities, of all skill traits, and it doesn't work anymore. I've seen this now in the homeschool co-op that we've done, where we have a lot of adapting in a lot of different ways, and we've used certain learning methods that work way better for some children and others, and other children are adapted to other ones. And I'm not saying you have to go in and cater to children. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is you also have to use wisdom from a childhood psychology standpoint and learn that, hey, maybe this has been used, this setup for the last 50 years isn't the best means to do it. And what happens is now these boys are constantly put in this position where they're told to sit in a chair, shut up, don't talk, don't be rambunctious, don't grow, don't get engaged in anything. If you do anything, you're getting in trouble. You have to sit there and basically drool on yourself for eight hours a day. Now, the schools basically back you know, 40, 50 years ago weren't nearly as long-winded as they are now. Now some of the school – I mean it's ridiculous. So these kids go to school at 7 o'clock in the morning. They don't get out until 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's ludicrous in some cases because I've already seen at the homeschool co-op we do, the kids really – they have about three hours of school. That's it. They have about three hours of school. And I mean that's, that is advanced math that they're in for their age right now, reading, writing, studies, everything, about three hours. They could go on a little bit, off a little bit, on a little bit, off a little bit, and then the rest of it they can spend more time actively engaged in certain activities and certain things they want to do there. Now, again, does work all for everybody? No, but I'm saying I've watched it work very well the last couple of years. I've watched it work for a lot of families very well the last couple of years, and this is why the public school system, I don't care what anybody says about it. I've been too involved in it. I've watched too much stuff in it, and I've literally know too many people in it. 
that it's very much turned into a communist indoctrination camp where you have to have this Stasi-style, Nazi-style security to keep these kids under control all the time. And in most cases, that's also due to the fact that society has degraded as parents, no longer raising little Americans anymore. That's the other issue you've run now into this platform because a lot of these kids, like Dad said, may not have a father at home, may not have any discipline at home. So this is the only discipline they're going to get. So this is a huge, 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 broad array of different learning curves with different children in different areas and different cities and different parts of the state with different demographics. So it's something that really has to be looked at if you're really trying to grow a child the best possible way you can. You've got to look at different options on it. You can't be so singular, one-track-minded. This is the only option to do for boys and girls. Boys and girls grow completely differently. They develop completely differently. They learn completely differently. So trying to sit there and have a one-tier, one-track-minded and put every single child in the same box, in my opinion – is not the most effective way to do it. I've learned even some of that with some of the clinical psychology stuff I did in my undergraduate program. There's all types of theories on this. And again, it's your choice how you want to do it. It's your choice the direction you want to go with it. And again, circling around, discipline's also another aspect of the parent's choice that they want to do. And I think if that's something you want to have as your child discipline at school, that's totally up to you. But there definitely needs to be some consent there when you're dealing with teachers and professors or you know admins because quite frankly, there's also a lot of very weird people in the school systems that can be running around. And the last thing you want is some weird pervert coming around saying, well, I've got to start disciplining your child every single day because he's not listening and start doing stuff that he should not be doing. So again, very fine line, 2023, weird world, weird year, weird decade, whole lot of crazy stuff happens right now. But again, as as these years continue to change, Everybody's really got to learn that adapting and changing and moving in the direction they need to go is going to happen because there's a lot of very strange things that are happening. And also, two, finding the line and holding the line on what you're able, what you're willing to accept and what you're willing to go along with. That's another aspect of it because it, it goes in all directions. You've got certain aspects where this push for the transgender ideology perversion is being very aggressively pushed. That's something that I'm not ever going to go along with, especially with young children. I've said it before, if an 18, 19-year-old consenting adult wants to go mutilate their body, I do not care. That it's not my problem. It's not my issue whatsoever. That is their problem. However, you tell a five, six, seven-year-old this is the direction they need to go, and you start encouraging it and talking to the nurse and telling them they need to start asking the nurse about puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones by the time they're 11, 12, 13 years old, that is not okay whatsoever. So again, a lot of stuff to take in right now. We're not in the 50s anymore. We're in 2023, and there's a big, broad, giant picture that's happening right now. And it's something that really everybody has to understand. The adapting to stuff right now is happening, and there's a lot of things you really got to do some research on, um, make the best the best decision that you can. For example, this school, this high school, not just over here in Massachusetts, perfect example of morons run amok. This high school field hockey captain basically has gone in now and asked the Massachusetts uh, Interscholastic Athletic Association to reform policies of allowing boys to play with girls after – and this is field hockey, a girls' field hockey, okay, girls, a transgender competitor, a.k.a. grown man, 17-year-old boy that basically has been perverted with all the indoctrination, decided he wanted to play on the girls' field hockey. Well, last week he went in, ended up kicking some girl, got her right in the face, completely knocked her whole teeth out. She had like five or six implants now. Knocked her teeth straight out with cleats. Knocked them out. 
just some just big old boy running around playing field hockey with girls. What the heck is wrong with these school systems and what in the world is going on with these groups now that are going in and saying this is okay for, you know, six foot, two hundred eighty pound grown boys to be playing around with girls that are five foot three, five foot four, knocking their teeth out again. This is something that has to be addressed because when you have perversion that has no limits, it has no bounds, it has no requirements, it has no restrictions, it will continue to get worse and worse and worse. And that's exactly what we're watching right now in the United States with the public school system. Because quite frankly, guys, if you don't know this, the United States is one of the only places in the entire world that is allowing this to happen in school systems, especially with young girls and all these other groups that are happening now. This isn't normal. This isn't okay. This is perversion, and it's putting these girls at massive risk. It's completely and totally demoralizing a lot of them. You've got some of these girls, like you saw the whole thing with the swimming debacle we saw earlier this year. These girls have been training their whole life to get where they are. Some of the best competitive swimming athletes in the world, in their field. These girls are incredible. And they get a grown man who's a complete and total perverted moron that says, I'm a girl. I get to swim with the girls now. And he goes in there and absolutely just beats them to pieces. And then all of a sudden, I'm the winner. I get the winner. I get the trophy. No, you're not the winner. You're the loser. You're the clown. You need to go sit in the corner with a dunce hat on because nobody in their right mind should ever let you compete with these girls. That, again, is a place where people actually have to start standing up and saying, we're not going to go along with this. We're not going to take this away from this group of individuals, these girls that have worked for this, because we want to cater to the one complete and total clown pervert with gender dysphoria and tell him he's okay because he's six foot four and 200 pounds and he can go swim with the girls' swimming team now. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, it doesn't make any sense at all. And again, it needs to come to a head where people actually start voicing their opinion on it, because quite frankly, this topic gets a lot of negative press. I don't care. I've gotten numerous arguments about it. I will speak my clear mind on it at any point in time it comes up because in order for bad men to succeed, in order for evil to succeed, the only thing that needs to happen is for good men to do nothing and not speak up. That's my stance on it, dude. What do you think? <laughs> I'm sorry, Austin. I'm laughing at you. <laughs> you got me on a tear, man. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I, I, just, I just think uh, you were going about, you know, gender dysphoria and dunce cap in the corner and all the rest of it. And I thought to myself, dear Lord, this show is <laughs> so politically incorrect. My bad. <laughs> that uh, it's like we've, we intentionally try to offend people and we don't. It's just that we, we point out the obvious that nobody else, <laughs> nobody else wants to talk about. And so we sit here and we go, Okay, you have gender dysphoria. Something's wrong with you. Go sit in the corner with a dunce hat, and you want to compete about you a bunch of little five foot two girls, and you're a two hundred twenty pound man, and you're you're six feet six inches tall. You got you know you can swim across the pool in two strokes, and you're swimming against these little girls. What's wrong with you? And why do you think this is okay? And who dropped you on your head when you were a child? And who administered all this estrogen to you? What the heck's wrong with you? And and I and I stop and I think, you know, Austin's right. You know, here we are in a situation where, you know. There used to be a joke with Florida State University because it was a girls' school. Oh, this is so funny. I got to tell you some stories. And I remember I'm, I'm, I'm in campus up there, and I'm a bodybuilder, right? And you know, I had one Mr. Tallahassee, and I'm, I'm all buffed up, you know, 18-and-a-half-inch arms, 50-inch chest, 32-inch waist, no steroids. And, I'm, and we got like five-to-one girls there. I mean, there's like 35,000 students. We've got like 7,000 guys and 30,000, you know, you know g- girls. It was crazy. 
And I remember I, the, the, the joke there, because Florida State had been a girls' school, it was like Florida State where the girls are girls and the boys are too. <laughs> and I always joked because I thought, well, that doesn't work for me. And so it, it was funny because, you know, it was like a smorgasbord of people to date with. It was, it was nuts. And, and, you know, yet here we are, you know, all these years later, now thinking it's okay for guys to go out with guys, girls to go out with girls, transgenders to go out with everybody, I guess. Half the people in college now are bisexual. Yeah, and, and you think, what in the world happened to this country? And then you go back to what we've talked about so many times, about how it was the you know, Frankfurt School. They came in with cultural Marxism. They said to take over the United States without firing a shot. And doggone it, they did it. Doggone it all. You know, it aggravates me because it didn't have to happen this way. And I have fought and fought and fought my entire life against this stuff. You know, I, I talked, I fall, I get, I went, I've been going after the globalists with the top 10 foods never to eat for over 30 years. I, I mean, I've got, I've done thousands of TV and radio talk shows as a guest, and we've done thousands of podcasts now, and we've made a dent. You know, we got millions of listeners. We've affected millions of people. But where in the world did everybody else go that's supposed to be helping people? And I thought about it this morning. I started praying, and I started, I started thinking about all the people that I've known that were alpha men. Jim Rohn, you know, Zig Ziglar, Norman Schwarzkopf, Colin Powell. And I mean, I started listing them all out. Paul Harvey. And they're all gone. You know, I guess I guess that's the issue that I have at this point in my life. You know, we have a situation in which we have had some, some very good leadership in the past in the United States of America. You know, we had a good leader with Ronald Reagan until he got shot. We had a good leader with John F. Kennedy before he got shot. But yet the media, because it's Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan controlled, doesn't give credence or exposure to these people that are telling the truth. This is yesterday or a day before yesterday. Somebody has sent me a video of the top well, I'm not a bunch of TV evangelists that are bad. And of course, I already I know most. I know I don't know most of them. I know a lot of them. And, you know, and so a lot of the stuff they preach is wrong. It's just straight wrong. I've talked about it on the show many times, but a lot of stuff they preach is right. I'm going to say that up front. A lot of it's right. A lot of it's wrong. Now, some of the guys are just whacked out of their minds. and They think God's an hermaphrodite. And so they're about the weirdest. In fact, that guy, he was, he was the number one weirdest one on this, on this video. I watched part of it, and I thought to myself, should we be doing that? Should we, should, we, should we be putting names and dates and places of these people out there that shouldn't be listened to? And my response was no. Let me tell you why. The Bible says that some people preach God and preach Christ out of selfish ambition. And then Paul addressed this, and he said that basically – it's important that they're preaching Christ, regardless of their motives. That's paraphrasing what it says. But the reality is this. If we degrade Christianity to the point of saying so-and-so, and we start naming names of these people that are doing this, what it does, it takes the unbeliever and makes them want to go listen to these guys, in some cases just in order to slam them, and it doesn't benefit anything. You know, Nobody in the history of the world has ever built a statue to a critic. You know, a person who's negative about stuff and negative about things, nobody wants to hear it. You know, there, there are people out there that want to hear bad news all the time, but it doesn't build them up and it doesn't edify them. I'd rather tell you the truth about God. I'd rather tell you the truth about Jesus. I'd rather tell you about how powerful that we are as Christians because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. I'd rather talk to you about angel wars and what God did in the beginning why we're set up in the situation that we're, we are right now, how God is sovereign and Christ is amazing. and He does all these things for us. And the Holy Spirit fills us and builds us up and makes us who we need to be for Jesus. That's what I'd rather talk about than some negative evangelist. 
Now, every once in a while, I'll bring one up and I'll mention the name, especially when they say something stupid like God's an hermaphrodite. And I'll actually, I'll actually tell them to come debate me on the show, which they never do. But the reality is, is that, you know, there are some of them out there that are actually telling some things that are true. Now, there are some female preachers out there. I'm not going to mention any names that are just awful. They really are awful. And there's some guys out there, too. That This is not just for females. Only. There's some guys out there that are awful, too. But, but the reality is, let's not dwell on the awful ones. Let's dwell on Christ crucified and resurrected. Let's dwell on the blood-bought churches of the redeemed. Let's dwell on the fact that we're the righteousness of God through Christ. Not that we don't continue to sin because we do, but that God's grace is sufficient for us. And that Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected. That his blood, I'm the president of his nature and the mercy seat. The blood on the mercy seat is just as wet now as it was 2,000 years ago. That it continually provides for us a healing frequency through scalar energy fields that brings us back to the Father. Why don't, we, why don't we dwell on that? Why don't we talk about the power of Christianity and who we really are in Christ instead of dwelling on the negative? Because, you know, that's, sometimes we do that. We have a tendency to think, well, I'm going to do negative stuff. But not, let's not do that about the church. Let's try to build people up and exhort them and, and, and encourage them and, and tell them they can be all things through Christ who strengthens them. Let's do all of that because if we don't do it that way, we're going to find ourselves, you know, being like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, coming against the things that of God that God may be doing with certain people, which may not we may not agree with, because we may not have the same understanding. But the reality is, God's going to sort this stuff out. A lot of these TV evangelists that have been absolutely awful, uh, they've basically been exposed now. They have, and so just let let God handle all this. That's how I see it all. Let God sort it all out. That's why you don't hear me hammering other people in alt media. There are people out there that build their whole platform off of criticizing other people and hammering other people. I had that happen to me about 10 years ago. I didn't do anything. And you know, I, I quickly apologized for not doing anything. I used, the one, I used a word, a wrong word one time dealing with the nerve plexus, and I got slammed by this guy. But I don't talk about him. I never mention his name. There's no point. Why would I get upset about something that happened to me? His life had turned out, had turned out to be a mess. And so – all we need to do is encourage and pray for one another and try to love one another the best of our ability. And if people don't get along with you, that's okay. Just cut bait and walk. Just say, I'm done. Uh, you have fun. I wish you the best. I love you. And the Lord, don't really like you at all, but I love you. But I'll do the best I can to love you. Though I really probably don't really love you, but I'm trying. Just I'm not to sound hypocritical because some people I really don't love. And, and, just, and just walk away from them. Sometimes we have to do that, isn't it? Isn't that the truth? But other times we can we can really be part of it. I, I've got some really good friends. I've got about a dozen friends that I could call up if I got locked up in a Mexican jail to come get me with a suitcase full of cash. That it could do no matter what it took to get me out of that jail. I got about a dozen of them. But the reality is, how many of those we really have in our whole lifetime? How many people are out there really going to support us and have our back for us all the time? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You got to ask yourself that question, and then you got to ask yourself another question. If you're in a time of need, are they there for you or are they too busy? You know, if your husband dies or your wife dies, are they calling you up? Are they coming to visit you? Did they go to the funeral? Just ask those questions. I'm going to change topics now. By the way, space becomes a new theater of war as Israel, who couldn't defend against basically hang gliders and balloons that were floating over with hand grenades, shoots down a ballistic missile that was traveling 62 miles above the earth. I just thought I'd throw him a little commentary there. Israel uses aero system to take down a rocket outside of Earth's atmosphere. The Iran-backed Iran Houthi rebels in Yemen allegedly fired the rocket on October the 31st. I call this complete crap. Whoa, did Ted just say that? Yeah, I did, actually. 
you got you got you got you got the doggone Yemen people. These guys are like living in huts, man. These guys have been in war forever. And they got a missile that's going to go 60 miles outside of the Earth's atmosphere, and Israel just happens to be able to shoot it down. I don't believe any of this stuff. I don't believe it because this is, again, trying to support Israel. Space has become the new theater of war after Israel shot down a rocket soaring outside of Earth's atmosphere. The Israeli defense revealed last week that its aero-missile defense system that couldn't take down a hang glider took down an aerial threat allegedly fired by an Iran-backed Houthi rebel in Yemen. Allegedly, remember? With details are sparse because they're not true. The accepted boundary between the Earth's atmosphere and space is 62 miles above the Earth, known as the Karman Line. IDF said the arrow intercepted a surface-to-surface missile in the Red Sea, fired towards its territory after the rocket traveled nearly 1,000 miles from Yemen. This is such garbage. It's in, it's in Daily Mail. Houthi military spokesman Yari Sari claimed it was the third attack the group has launched at Israel and vowed there could be more to come until Israel is aggressive to stop. Lies, lies, and more lies. And I'm not even going to get into the Van Allen radiation belt, which is, of course, above 60 miles. I'm not going to get into all the different things about the orbiting of objects around this planet. And it goes on and on and on. I won't cover all that today. But the reality is all we're going to hear is more mainstream lies over and over and over again. And so we figure out exactly what we want to believe and what we will not believe. By the way, um, why banks are suddenly closing down customer accounts the reasons vary but the scene plays out that they're almost always the same bank customers get a letter in the mail saying their institution is closing all their checking and savings accounts that their debit and credit cards are shuttered too the explanation if there is one is usually lacks any useful data or maybe the customers don't see the letter or they never get one at all so they discover their accounts are no longer work while they're at the grocery store or a rental car counter at atm when they call their bank frantically the representatives show concern at first oh oh no we're sorry uh you, you've been closed uh, but then it comes the telltale pause and shift in tone. Per your account agreement, we can close your account for any reason, any time the script often goes. These situations are what the banks refer to as exiting or de-risking. This isn't your standard boot for people who have been bounced too many checks. Instead, it's a vast, vast security apparatus has kicked into gear, starting with regulators in D.C. and trickling down to bank security managers and branch eye staff eyeballing customers. The goal is to track down on fraud and terrorism and money laundering and human trafficking and other crimes. In the process, the banks are evicting what appear to be an increasingly number of individuals and families of small business owners. Often they don't have the faintest idea why their banks turned against them. But there are almost always red flags, transactions that appear out of character. Example, this leads to the eviction. The algorithmically generated alerts reviewed every day by human employees. The banks generally won't say how often they are closing accounts this way, and they're not trafficking how often they get it wrong, but federal data offers clues. By law, banks must file a suspicious activity report. When they see transactions or behavior that may violate the law, like unexpectedly large class transactions or wire transfers with banks in high-risk countries, according to Thomas Reuters, banks filed over 1.8 million of these reports in 2022, a 50% increase in just two years. This year, the figure is tracked to hit nearly 2 million. So what they're saying is this. If you do something like support the 9-11 people who are against the 9-11 Commission report, or you try to support January 6th, people that are in prison or you're trying to send money to families affected by January the 6th and they don't think you're a good person to be doing all of that stuff. They can flag you and they can take your bank accounts away and close them, give you access to the funds to wire them to another bank if it'll take them. 
This is the gradual stranglehold of the international Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, banking community that operates under Babylonian money magic. It's to take you out of the system to allow you to be punished. And it's sad that this happens in this world. It really is, but it does. You have a, you know, a bank has a business, a business has a merchant account. And they have an unexpectedly high month of sales, and they're all excited. And the bank contacts them and says, we're closing your merchant account because your bank, your sales have gone up. And you go, but I don't have any chargebacks. Well, it doesn't matter. Your sales have exceeded what we want you to do as far as the sales that your company is supposed to be doing as outside of the algorithmic search patterns. So therefore, we have to assume you're doing some type of fraud. But we had a really good month last month because we had a big sale go through and we got excited about it. and We put it on the credit card and here we are. Well, we're going to hold that money too now. We're going to keep that money into account for six months and not let you touch that money either because that may have been a fraudulent charge. But I've got to have that to maintain cash flow for the company. I've got to buy more inventory. Yeah, too bad. You're not going to get that money back. Guys, I've seen people have this happen to all, all the above examples. And you kind of sit back and you go, what the heck just happened? And that's the power that we've given these Kabbalist, Luciferian, Synagogue of Satan bankers. We let them take over the Federal Reserve banks. We let them take over you know, all these major New York banks. We've let them take over pretty much everything. The Treasury and the Fed are pretty much connected together now. And if you read, if you watch the videos that we posted multiple times on our, on our, in our news feed about the Exchange Stability Fund, it'll talk about this in depth. When the international bankers control everything, including the State Rock and BlackRock and you know, State Street, BlackRock and Vanguard, and they own everything, including the media, including the politicians through Jeffrey Epstein, they can pretty much do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it, including – closing down your bank account without any cause whatsoever. By the way, a pro-Palestinian mob, supposedly, has now descended on the White House and it vandalizes the fence and monuments as the Biden regime decries Islamophobia. It happened on Sunday night. Meanwhile, the January 6th protesters, as we mentioned earlier, are still rotting in prison for entering Capitol walking grounds and the democratic hypocrisy is in full display. You know, uh, this is nuts to me. You've got Black Lives Matter. I'm not picking on them because they're black, because there are a lot of white people involved in that, too, that are vandalizing cities and burning down businesses and burning down buildings. And they're given basically awards and judgments for them because they were interfered with with their civil rights. Yet peaceful protesters go to January the 6th. Many of them weren't even doing anything and had not even entered the Capitol buildings. Thousands of them get arrested to basically be put in a jail and to rot for two and a half, three years now. And nobody wants to do anything about those people rotting in, in a gulag in D.C. without having the rights to come out on bail or anything else because they were marching in protest. While these people, pro-Palestinian mobs, are descending on the White House and vandalizing fences and everybody ignores it. Uh, this is some, some crazy stuff that we've got going on in the United States of America right now, guys. And if we don't stand up against all of this stuff for what it's doing and how it's been done, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Wow. What do you think, Austin? Go ahead and finish it up, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Uh, you're absolutely right. This is one aspect of it is continually getting the truth and talking about this stuff out there and you know, having open discussions with stuff and being able to have open platforms. And this is the issue that we've now watched is that the censorship of anything that's basically pro-America or you know, pro-Bible or pro-freedom or pro-gun now is being constantly censored all the time, while yet all the other leftist content is constantly being promoted to the top of the list. This is why I've told so many people now too as well that everybody really needs to start looking and addressing this 
EV debacle we're watching right now. You know, there's this huge push right now in the market that nobody wants, but everybody's getting subjected to. There's an article I saw here the other day, and it's talking about how automakers are committing to billions to buy electric vehicles while Americans are still sticking to gas-powered cars. And it talks about how General Motors and GM and or General Motors and uh, Ford and, uh, are all dealing with these spending billions of dollars from the Fed that they're getting to build all these platforms, and the cars aren't moving. Nobody's buying them. Nobody's wanting them. The demand for EV vehicles has actually started to go down. They said basically that EV vehicles are sitting on the dealership lots on average now for 65 days, which is huge considering the fact that the percentage of EV vehicles on dealer lots is much, much smaller than the average vehicle, yet you're seeing now over a 60-day mark. Once these cars start sitting on the day for over 90 days, that 90 days is the hard mark for a dealership. If they got a vehicle after 90 days, there's a problem. They've got to dump that thing, even with new inventory. It's got to get moved. You can't be sitting on inventory longer than 90 days of dealership, period, especially if you're floor plan and everything else. And so when you're reaching this point now where we're, we're pushing that mark, dealerships are going to stop ordering them, which is exactly what they're doing right now. GM and Ford, I've talked to both dealerships that I know of, and they've told me that they basically have allocations. They're declining now for F-150 Lightnings and other vehicles that they're starting. They literally aren't filling the orders. They don't want them. Because they're taking the inventory on and nobody's buying them. Nobody's moving them. And again, this is what happens when the American populace votes with their dollar. So I tell you guys before, if there's a company or if there's something that you basically you agree with, continue to support them. If you have a company that's diametrically opposed to you and basically doesn't doesn't like what you do, like Starbucks that blatantly tells you, hey, it's, uh, if you're pro-gun, then we don't want your business. We don't, we don't want you to go somewhere else. Well, my golly, you don't have to tell me twice. I mean, I have to sit there and argue with you about it. If that's your stance and you're the business owner, that's why I'm so, so open and so encouraging of our patriot American customers that come here. Any other ones from other countries that come here, from all over the world that come here, they're awake. And I talk to them. It's so encouraging sometimes to talk to people. And they always tell us they listen to the show and they're doing this and doing that and getting the truth out there. And I massively, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate the support. Because we do this for you guys every day on the show. We do this to get the truth out there and to make a difference. And when you support Health Masters, it helps continue to keep the show running every single day. And again, allows everybody to stay continually healthy. I had a meeting yesterday with another manufacturer that I've been working with. It's really high quality. Makes some really good products for us that you guys love. And we were talking in general how he used to be in the bodybuilding industry. So me and him were discussing in detail. And he said, yeah, I finally decided I want to get into you know, the nutrition industry because it's so much better and so much healthier. And I said, I know. I said, the problem with the bodybuilding industry is it's become completely and totally saturated with garbage. Everything's got sucralose. Everything's got high fructose corn or not high fructose corn. So everything's got artificial flavor, you know, artificial colors. And I said, for an industry that's all about health and fitness, you think the market would actually start to reflect that now i said but it hasn't i said health and wellness and maintaining your body and keeping your body detox and keeping your brain top tier and keeping your muscles strong and keeping glycogen and nutrients and mineral balance where it needs to be in your body that's what you need to be doing not shoving in a bunch of chlorocarbon nasty sweeteners that grenade your kidneys and blow out all the probiotics in your body with sucralose every single day it doesn't work it's not okay it's not healthy it's not conducive and so again that's why I really continue the appreci- I appreciate the support, and I encourage you guys to get the truth out there. One last story I want to cover. I'm going to put this video on the website today. I want you guys to go in and watch it. Really important video. I always encourage people. It's a guy in California 
that basically had ambushed by two guys. They jump his wall. He's got security cameras. They jump his wall. One of the guys goes at gunpoint when he's walking in the front door. He knocks the gun away, throws the coffee on him, draws his pistol, and starts to engage both intruders. And uh, he handled it really well, considering the fact he had ear pods in, which I tell you not to do out in public at all, ever. He may have been on the phone, but I don't care. It's not a good idea, especially if you're in an area like this. But he's got cameras. He's got wall. He's got fence. They still get over, and yet he engaged them with deadly force almost immediately because you could tell he was trained. This would, This was not his first rodeo as far as with a firearm. He was not somebody that bought the gun in the store last week and decided he was going to be cool and put in his pants. This guy knew what he was doing. And so again, I encourage you to make sure you're using situational awareness in situations. Even if you're at home, don't let your guard down, especially if you're in an area, even in a gated area, security area. Keep an eye on certain things. That doesn't mean walk around being paranoid and all weird. But if you're the father, if you're the dad, if you're the provider, if you're the security at that home, that's your job. You don't get to defer it to anybody else. It's not law enforcement's job. It's not their problem to protect you. Be quite honest on that. 95% of what they do is they show up at crime scenes and file reports. They're not there to protect you. You're there to protect your family. You're there to save them. You're there to do the best you can as their private security detail, if you look at it like that, and continue to stay active on all scenarios, continue to get the truth out there on a regular basis and encourage others to do the same. So I appreciate you guys. If you need anything, healthmasters.com, the D310,000K2. Check it out on sale, product of the week, over 20% off right now. Last day on sale to be changing tomorrow for whatever you guys vote for. And also take advantage of the sale that we have finishing up on the Ultimate Multiple Powder, over 15% off as well at healthmasters.com. So you guys have a safe, awesome amazing night and i'll talk to you again tomorrow as always Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.